This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. So on Entrepreneurs Get Visible today, I am delighted to bring to you Fidel Bohill. And we are going to be talking all about how to pivot your business or your personal brand. Because I think actually both Fidel and I have some interesting stories about this. So we're going to share a lot of those with you in this very super chatty interview with Fidel today. So hi, Fidel. Lovely to have you on here. I am feeling very chatty today. Feeling very chatty. We are, as we record this, we are in lockdown. I don't know when you're listening. I know when this is due to go out. I've been in lockdown now. I think this is day 23. I've been isolated. A lot of the country, this is end of... How, how long have you been? How long have you been on your own in your home? <laughs> uh, it's been two... Yeah, we're at the end of week two. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah okay. 12 or 13, isn't it? Okay. So to give some context to that, one of the things that I'm seeing at the moment is obviously a lot of businesses are changing. A lot of businesses are having to change because businesses have closed or they can't function or they're not relevant at the moment. And a lot of people are then having to go, well, what can I sell? How can I do this? How can I bring in an income? And the other thing I see is that all of a sudden, people have time on their own, potentially, Mm -hmm. to reflect in some way. And when you have that time on your hands... I say that. I say time on your hands. I have three children at home. So although I, in theory, have more time on my hands, very little of it is for headspace, but I'm definitely doing a lot more reflection anyway. Is this a trend that you're seeing amongst people you're speaking with, Fidel? Absolutely. So yeah, just before we we spoke this afternoon, I've had two calls with um, guys from my men's Facebook community, and they are saying exactly that. Both of them, one of them's a teacher, the other one's a, a businessman, used to just plowing on, keeping on, ignoring everything, pushing it all down, pushing it to one side, keep on, keeping on, keeping your pecker up, getting on with it, uh, no time to stop and think. And now they're sat at home and it's like, ooh. It's that moment, it's like we're off the treadmill off the treadmill of potentially having to get up and go to work and do the things we always do and then the commitments in the evenings and do, 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 do. Even EastEnders is off the TV. (laughs) I know not everyone is an EastEnders. (laughs) But it is my dirty secret that that is from time to time how I like to unwind. Even the children know that's when not to interrupt me. And one of the things that strikes me about you, Fidel, is you have this very strong brand. Yes. You are the modern man. I am. So tell us a little bit about what you do now and where you were before, what you were previously. Yeah, so I'm the modern man coach, a bit like yourself. I'm an NLP master coach, master hypnotherapist. I'm a qualified personal trainer as well. So I believe a lot in the health and fitness. It is an interesting story of, of how, how I came here. So I used to run a legal firm, a, a will writing business. I was in that industry for 13 years and I created a character in the last sort of six or seven years of that called Bad News Bowhill. <laughs> and it was part of my, it tied in nicely because in my spare time, I, I box. I box competitively and that's a good boxer's name as well. So the two things just really fitted it together. My professional and, and personal lifestyles came together. And I used to have a big sign saying, you're all going to die. And I used to wear a jacket with skull and crossbones on it. Uh, I used to do a lot of public speaking, a lot of stuff on social media, and I got really well known for it. What people didn't know is in the background, um, I tried to grow my business probably about four years ago now. I tried to do it too quickly. 
Prior to that, I had a big company over in Spain where I lived in a big, I had a million euro villa, all the cars, millionaire's lifestyle. Um, and I lost that in the recession in the 2006. So you were running your will business then? No, so that was pr- prior that was to that. Before. That was before that. Sorry, I'm ju- jumping around a little bit, but it will make sense. <laughs> so yeah, and so we had a lot of money over in Spain and then that disappeared in a matter of about 12 weeks when the recession hit. I came back to Bristol, rebuilt again in the will writing industry. And I tried to grow my business a bit too quickly and I hit some financial difficulties. But this time I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my wife because of what had happened before. I didn't tell anybody else because I was out there as this professional, this businessman, the guy that had everything going on, had all this shit together. And it really was attached to my masculinity, this sense of of having everything under control. And so I, I didn't want anyone to know. And I ended up having a panic attack, which I'd never experienced before. At the time, I was the fittest and healthiest I've ever been. Um, I had a fight about six weeks beforehand. I was training. I won a CrossFit competition about three weeks before that, even though I'd never done CrossFit. An all-day CrossFit competition I entered for fun, I ended up winning. And then, yeah, I was driving home from work after an appointment, and I started getting chest pains. I thought I was having a heart attack. Managed to drive home. Uh, collapsed on my driveway. Crawled to the door. My kids pulled me in. Called an ambulance. I thought I was dying of a heart attack. And the ambulance came. They shaved my chest hair, which I remember being quite miffed about. <laughs> <laughs> my heart rate was below forty at the time, and they were just like, "What the hell? You're really fit and healthy. You're not having a heart attack." They took me to the hospital anyway, and the doctor came to see me and was like, "So, have you got anything stressful going on in your life at the moment?" And I was like, "Well, you could say that." And it all pulled out. Mm. You'd been there before. And he said, look, what's likely is you've, this is a, a physical manifestation of what's going on for you, kind of like emotionally. So I went and had hypnotherapy, which opened up all the neural pathways. And that was the beginning of the end of a an open Pandora's box. I, then I discovered NLP, started learning that. My hypnotherapist got annoyed with me. So she was like, if you're going to keep asking these questions, why don't you just go study hypnotherapy? So I did. And then I discovered NLP and I spent three years retraining as that. And Back on topic, my question was, after creating this character of being really well known in this industry, which is very specific, how do I now go from doing that to doing sort of coaching, which is where I was? I'd become, I'd done my master practice and I'd, I sat down and asked myself the question of who am I? Yeah. Dangerous question. It took me ages. I didn't get to the end of it. I'm <laughs> Went still down a rabbit press. hole. <laughs> we'll let you know at the end. <laughs> yeah. So I asked myself a better question, which is what do I have to offer? And... I came up with the idea and the brand of, of the modern man. And I, I just created it. And when I spoke to people about it, they would like say, yeah, well, that's you. That is you. It's really fitting. And I was lucky because I stepped out in it. I remember the day I was on my way to speak at an event, Cros Crosley, I'm not sure if you know him, one of my mentors. And I was going down to speak at his event. And he put a post on Facebook that said, sunk investment. Don't make decisions based on how much time you've put in on something or how much money you've invested on something. Base a decision on what is right. And what, what is white now? And I was like, oh, okay. And that was the day I swapped everything over, all my social media, everything changed. And I stepped into the coaching thing full time. And I did it with such conviction that I was really lucky, really blessed. People took it on. And um, Did you have any feedback or knockbacks from the fact that it was quite a sharp shift? Some people. Some people were like, oh, are you still doing it? I mean, and I still do. I still have got my will writing business. It's still there. Um, I'm really busy over the last couple I of weeks. you have, yes. Yeah. But it's not something I market anymore because that is confusing. And yeah, some people are like, especially in the coaching industry, isn't it? Everybody, there are lots of people come on board as life coaches and people like to speak as if they are and give out lots of advice, which isn't what coaching is. But 
I think the main person that had that voice was was me. I think from externally, because of, I've always been quite open on social media, people saw my life, they saw that I trained, they saw that I was a family man, they watched my little journey of that, that I'd gone through and stuff like that. And I wasn't being anything that, that wasn't me. I was being true to myself at that time. I think one of the easiest ways to pivot is by allowing people to know a bit about you. Because then you, sure. yes, you might well have had bad news, Bowhill, but he was yeah. he was a part of you. He isn't a, a, isn't a falseness of you. That's just where you're right. you're allowing one element of you to be shown for a particular purpose. Yes. Whereas now with the modern man, you're letting other elements in. Yeah, and it's very it's very liberating. I'm allowed to talk. I get to talk about a lot very different things that I really couldn't then. But yeah, the same. Both of them are the truth. It's interesting you say that because I've had several several pivots. So I was very well known within the voiceover industry and then within audiobook narrating, which for those outside the industries, you wouldn't know they're completely separate fields. And then I knew that I wanted to come into this coaching space. So how do I do that? He's just I actually was listening to your voice the other day in this. So Fidel is holding up a copy of How to Write Your Book Without the Fuss, which is by Lucy Oh, Lucy, I can't say your name. Lucy Makara. Lucy Makara. Yeah. And I narrated that book. It was the first non-fiction book that I narrated. It's a good book. I think that the paperback is really, really useful. Anyway, that he's waving that at me to yeah. tell me that he knows I do that. So well, um, it was odd because you booked me in and your voice yeah. came over the thing. And I was like, hey, this is odd. Yeah, so the same week. That's my background. But how? how... And for me, again, as I talk about a lot on this podcast, it was that real feeling like NLP and particularly becoming a master NLP practitioner changed everything about how I saw the world. So how do I go from positioning myself very solidly and everything I talked about was audio, 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 voice, voice, voice. How am I then going to start a business that's about coaching? I didn't, I didn't have a clue. But yeah. what I understood was that if I was passionate about something, if I took people on that journey, even if I want to accelerate that journey, that it's all going to be okay. And actually at that point, I, th- I feel now looking back, I got something wrong. And I got something wrong in that. And it wasn't wrong because it's part of the journey. I got that wrong in that, okay, I'm going to niche because everyone talks about niching. And I'm going to niche talking to mums. But that was too small for me. So my first business after being in Hollywood, literally making that decision, I just have to share with people how to be successful. My first decision was that I was going to reach mums. And that actually constrained me because I'm way more than that. And I felt very constrained by that initial version of me. I am a mum. And being a mum and the things that I used to think and feel kept me stuck for a while. And that's what NLP had opened for me. So actually, I then, after about a year and a half, decided to do a total rebrand because I never wanted to be in that position where I felt I was in a box. So everything I put out there now is under my name. So I can't now go wrong with my branding because my branding is me. Yeah. So, um, and everything else that I put out there now, I can't, I can't get that wrong. But for me, my fear about pivoting was much greater than the actual, the actual what happened and the response I got. Absolutely, same. And once I made that decision well, this is what's happening. I'm not going to sit on a fence between this. I'm not going to, it's not like I'm closing either of those businesses down because there's still facets of me. And if I need to get work in one area, then I can. But I know the direction I want my life to go. I know what, how I want to represent myself to the world. 
And that's not, it's not a, I want to say the word phallicism, but I don't think that's even a word. It's not false what I present to the world. It's just different elements of me than I was bringing out in a voice recording aspect or when I'm speaking directly to mums. So for now, for people out there, Fidel, who are thinking, you know what, I've had this time for reflection. I'm not in the right place. I know I want something else, but how do I go about that? What would your advice be? So I have a process that I work with my clients on, which is the values, vision, goals. Okay, so the the first part of that, I think quite a lot of people goal set the wrong way around. They pick arbitrary goals or they, they think they want something, but they don't really understand how they got there. Quite often those ideas come from external sources. So the first step is to understand what your core values are. One of the most underrated aspects of personal development is, is values work. Dr. John Demartini's Value Factor, Values Factor is probably one of the most impactful books I've ever read personally. And that started me really understanding about values. And that's the underlying element of who you are. And once you know what your values are, mm. then however you represent that out into the world is kind of irrelevant because you're being true to yourself and you're being true to what's important to you. So knowing what's important to you, then having a think about where you want to end up long term and whether you want to be in 10 years time, what's the impact you want to have and and making sure that that's in line with your values. Once you know those two things, like how you get there is kind of, I don't know, that's that's, that's open and it becomes a lot easier. Mm tap into that question as well of what you have to offer the world yeah but what are your skill sets what are the things you're good at what will people pay you for what do people like about you what do people want to engage with you on you know right what do you find easy to talk about what lights you up what do you find easy to talk about without it being arduous Mm -hmm. without it being a chore for sure what you find yourself connecting with other people is definitely part of figuring out what your values are is that you know one of mine was kind of health and fitness. I know that when I go into a networking meeting, I can spot somebody else who who looks like they train. Do you know what I mean? You can see by their body or whatever. And I'll go up and I'll, I'll, I'll chat to them. I'll get very animated about it. And it's a huge part of the work that I do is about health and fitness as well. So yeah, yes, absolutely engage with stuff that you think is fun and enjoyable. That's what life is about. How long do you think it took for people around you to cotton on to the fact that you were going with a new brand that's still Fidel? It was fairly immediate. So I had, pref- with the with the will writing stuff, I guess it was split into two. So there was personal me, which was my personal development, my training, public speaking, stuff like that. And then there was professional me. And so people saw both sides of that and I was quite open with it. Now, personal me also has turned into a business. Mm-hmm. So people knew it was the truth because for years they'd seen me posting about my training. For yeah. years they'd seen me posting about my journey into masculinity, my journey with NLP. They kind of followed me on that. So I was open with them. So if you're thinking about pivoting, look back at how some of the stuff that you've been doing for years and that people know about you. And if you incorporate that into what you're doing now, people will know that it will make sense. One of the things I come across when people are particularly pivoting because they want to, you know, they want to change their business and they Mm. want to do it quickly, they worry that they're going to be judged for changing. And actually I think it intrigues people. What's this new thing they're telling us? And if you embrace it, don't shy away from it. Don't pretend. Don't pretend it's not happening. I think that that actually builds quite a lot of respect from people. I see so many people. So here's one of the problems is that there's this thing about not letting go of something that that isn't serving you anymore. Mm. Okay. Or that isn't working because there's this idea that that is a failure. Yes. All right. It's 
totally not, you know, if you're done with something, the failure is to just carry on doing something that's totally wrong for you, that's not potentially making you any money, that's not making you happy, that you're bored with, right? That's failure. Saying goodbye to something, moving on to something is progression. I think it's, it's evolution. Strength in um, it. There is a lot of strength with it. And like you said, most people are quite excited about that idea when you come out with it. But conviction is everything. If you're going to do it, do it. Do it Get with on conviction. with it. And charisma helps as well, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I think from, I sat and worried about, well, if I pivot, if I change away from this brand, it's all about mums. I'm going to have to change all my banners. I'm going to have to change my programs. I'm going to have to change everything. I haven't got the time. So therefore, I went, I went in this circle for ages and ages and ages. And then I, I actually went on a training course. It was with Hay House Writers. And one of the questions that was asked there was, when you look back, are you going to want to know that you sat in your indecision for as long as you are? And it hit me like a light bulb. I literally drove home that night. Sometimes we just need that moment, that that impetus to do something about it. I drove home that night. It was like a three-hour journey back from Bristol. And I did a Facebook Live to just say, I'm doing this live tonight because I've sat on making this decision for too long. From now on, I'm letting go of parts of my business. My membership that I had, it's going to evolve. I haven't done all the branding. I haven't got it all looking sleek and professional, but I can no longer speak in a particular way to try and fit a mold that I feel that isn't for me anymore. And actually people, I mean, I lost some clients because they didn't really resonate with where I was going next and that's fine. But all of a sudden I got just so much more, I felt so much more in flow again, so much more in control. And actually, it did take me a few months to catch up with doing the branding and the logo and the website. But that doesn't matter because that isn't me. That isn't really what the core of my work is about. That stuff is so secondary. You see people using it as a mode of procrastination, don't you? Oh, I can't do it until my website's finished. I yeah, no, can't do it until it. I've rubbish. got my... No, I can't do it. People don't care about any of that stuff. They care about you. They want to engage with you, especially if you're in our industry. People want to engage with you. And when they see you step out doing stuff that they wish they could do and doing it with bravery and conviction, they want to engage with that. And again, if it's your truth and if it's something you're passionate about and you're excited about it and you, like I say, you're doing it with confidence and conviction, then people will engage with that. And like I said, I, I was really, really fortunate. I had a fantastic time. Literally, I, I did exactly the same as you. So I went on that course. Cross's thing just was rattling around in my head all day. That night, I did the same, did the video from my car, sat in my car, just going, guys, this is it. I'm the modern man. This is coming. Anybody, this is my idea. Whoever wants to work with me, there. And I picked up a client within two days, Hmm. my first one-to-one client, worked on a program with him for six weeks. He lost three and a half stone. It's still off three years later. I saw him at a meeting the other day and he was in a suit that he was very pleased about. Um, (laughs) So yeah, being honest, stepping it, being decisive, yeah. And consistent. Consistency is good. Something that's, that has surprised me mm-hmm. and been really beneficial is how quickly, when I commit to saying a particular thing, putting those words, that language, potentially that imagery around my own brand, when I do that with consistency over the period of a couple of weeks, how quickly people catch on. Even yeah. people who've not commented on my posts, who've not spoken to me in person, how quickly they are then aware of the changes that I've made. Yep. That kind of ripple effect. So for me, I'm thinking about this current podcast is called Entrepreneurs Get Visible. I started talking really about visibility about a month before I launched this podcast. By the time it launched, people already understood that that's the world that I worked in. And yep. likewise, when I was launching my podcast membership, I started one post, someone called me the podcast queen 
because they knew of my audio background. So I thought, well, I'll use that. I'll get a t-shirt with it on. I wore that t-shirt twice and then I was getting tagged everywhere on Facebook around it because I led with it. And I'm sure that you people now will refer to you as the modern man. Yeah, absolutely. Even when you're not present because uh, it's clear, it, you do it does what it says on the tin. Absolutely. So w- yeah, when we talk about niching and stuff, I, I think that is really, really, really important to get that part of your branding right. Again, so people still remember me as a will writer because I got so, I had that catchphrase, you're all going to die. Um, it was it. one thing that people could latch onto, the skull and crossbones. So it even had its own emoji. And I still get people tagging me in posts for that. But yeah, you're right. As soon as I swapped and said, right, I'm dealing with men, masculinity, all of this stuff. Uh, I made a ton of noise about it. Very decisive, very clear on what I was talking about. And I, I went for it 100%. And yeah, within a matter of weeks, and I still get it now, people, I get tagged, LinkedIn, Facebook, yeah. whatever anything. I get sent in my inboxes inundated if there's been a thing about men's mental health or stuff like that. People send me all the stuff. I'm the guy that people think about when they think about this neat coaching for men. So it's worked really well. But like you said, consistency, conviction, and a strong idea. So if you've got the vision and you've got the idea and you're able to articulate it, that's probably the bit that you'll want to sit with. I think it's having a very clear strap line or tagline. Important. You can get that message across. There's a brilliant book called, I can never say his name, wait for it. It's called The Microscript Rules or The Microscript Pitch. Can't remember. It's one of those two. It'll be in the show notes. And it's by a chap called Michael Schley, S-C-H-L-E-Y. It will be in the show notes in case I've got that horribly wrong. But it's this it's a book that takes a couple of hours to read. It's super short, but it's about how you come up with something that is stickable and repeatable that helps you build your brand. It's really, really very good. And sometimes there's some alliteration that you use, or sometimes there might be repetition. But it's about how you create something for yourself that people will, once you've said it a few times, a handful of times, you know it's working for you and your personal brand because other people are repeating it to you. It's something they can say and remember. But also it's then when you're not present, people know and can refer you to it without having to stop and think. And I think with The Modern Man, that's certainly something that you've created. So with lots lots of people right now, Fidel, at home, perhaps living with their mum, off that treadmill of having to go to work every day. And they're starting to reflect that maybe there's something more, maybe there's something different. What would your advice be to cope with what's going on and to start then thinking about changes that they need to make to their working life? Okay, so this is what I talk to my guys about. Self-awareness is critical on both sides, positives and negatives. What, what's bad? What don't you like? What are you rubbish at? What are you kidding yourself about? You know, what lies are you telling yourself? So write, write all of that negative stuff down. Like, you know, people shy away from negativity all the time. Um, and I, I, it's, it's, I think you've got to acknowledge it. Like, not everything is all roses. And, yeah. like, you have to acknowledge it and you have to have that level of self-awareness. So, so get all of that stuff out. Then flip that over. What am I good at? What do I enjoy doing? What do I love? What inspires me? What are all the great things? What do I? What am I really, really good at? What do, What do people want to talk to me about? What do I enjoy talking about? That That list of of my list is what do I have to offer the world? And that's a list of sort of skills, talents, positive elements of of your personality, and things like that. Then you can shorten that list by looking at that list and going, okay, what out of those things do I enjoy doing the most? And then you've got a really short list, four or five things that you enjoy doing the most that you're also really good at that you have to offer the world. And then you can look at that list and go, which one of these things can I make some money out of? 
This is where a lot of people, particularly in a personal development space, forget. They find something they're passionate about, but they think, would someone actually pay for that service? Would someone actually pay? Mm. You do have to have that in there. So Fidel, it's not business otherwise. It's just, no, it's not a business. It's not a business. It's it's a purposeful, you may well have purpose, but it's not business and that's not going to help you have freedom and flexibility. And or all or have an impact or help people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Fidel, if someone wants to connect with you, what's the best way? What's, the, what's your platform of preference for them to get in touch? My platform of preference is absolutely Facebook, Fidel Bohill, B-E-A-U-H-I-L-L. My Facebook community, uh, free Facebook community, Modern Man Club. For the ladies out there, we do have an aligned modern woman club as well. So find me on there. Come and join the club. We've got all sorts going on in the man club at the moment. We're doing weekly beer down the pub with the lads. Uh, that's happening tonight uh, on, on a Zoom call. Where we're all going to have a beer Not in the in chat. Pub. <laughs> yeah, Just at home it. on a Zoom call. <laughs> social distancing. Um, social distancing is a thing. Great. Well, thank you so yeah. much for coming on today, yeah. Fidel. And go check Fidel out. Uh, He is your modern man and he can help you to sort your head out and work out what comes next for you. So that's it from us today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.